What's up, rockers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and Instagram at talklouder underscore podcast. And you can always find us at our website, talklouderpodcast.com. I'm Metal Dave, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And today's guest, much like my co-host, is a part of Texas metal history. He was a central figure in the mid-80s Texas metal scene. His name is Mike Solis. He is best friends with Jason. They went to maybe, did you go to high school together? Yeah. Yeah. uh, My junior year. Yeah. He was a senior when I was a junior. Yeah. Brought together by a Motorhead t-shirt. And we'll hear all about that in the episode. And you guys were bandmates. So tell us a little bit about Mike before we bring him in. Interesting thing is, is we met at Austin High here in Austin, of course, would have been 81. And um, in our episode, Mike brings up uh, Edgar Winter Group. Well, the, the, uh, the Winter Brothers went to Austin High. Wow. Just a little factoid there. Anyway, so, um, or one of them did. So, uh, dude, I've known this cat so long, it's kind of, it kind of scares me. (laughs) So, you know, in 81, I was like 16 or 17 years old. Yeah. So it's kind of uh, scary when I, I won't. And 81, I was 16. You do the math. So there you go. Someone out there has a calculator. That's right. right. I do not. I refuse to have that calculator handy. So, um, you know, our story, we've talked about it before on the podcast um, about how we met and and then, you know, the things that transpired um, that you'll hear a lot about of. But now the, uh, the, the band that he and I formed pretty much just mere days after we met first met way back then uh me on bass and him on drums was called fallen angel we just did cover songs we did acdc and hendrix and rush and judas priest and you know all of the you just playing songs by cover songs by your heroes yeah and then you know when we realized that both of us kind of wanted to be singers or it was by default it was because the singers that we had for fallen angel like it would just be buddies coming over and to our practice room you know they weren't very good and we weren't very good we were shit but we knew that we were at least at least as good as they were you know so we just started splitting the singing well six months later you know, I'm in a I'm fronting Watchtower, and not long after, he's in this band, Militia. Yeah, and it was all stemmed from just he and I, you know, worshiping heavy metal together, and it was almost like a some kind of dynamic duo. We were into all of the underground bands. He was coming to see Watchtower play cover songs. Uh, you know, and, and the rest is kind of history, but I just wanted to say, you know, Fallen Angel, we probably only did about six or seven shows, and we were sh- very short-lived. Yeah. 
So it's not someone from my past. It's someone from my present. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of like really weird um, because it's like Mike is like just sitting across the room from me always. Yeah. And, um, you know, he he knew my mom, you know. Um, yeah. But like you said, you know, he is uh, one of the greatest people you'll ever meet. And he also, he knows what he likes. He knows what, you know, he knows what kind of metal he wants to make, you know. Uh, he's never had a voice lesson. He's, he's, he's never had a lesson in anything as far as I know. That's incredible. Um, yeah, and and like as you know, I mean, what what do you think when you hear Mike Solis sing? Oh, yeah, you, it's hard to believe the guy has no formal training, if if that's the case, because he's he's definitely got a, a very identifiable voice, uh, a, a, an incredible uh, range, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he he's he's his voice is classic. You know, it's uh it's Halford, it's Jeff Tate, it's Bruce Dickinson, it's it's King Diamond, it's all those people you think of with that really high. Uh, falsetto and you know that uh, yeah he he sounds great and but, I didn't know this but he's also an accomplished drummer so holy moly well yeah you know uh, back in Fallen Angel when he was when he was playing drums in our band it's like we were both just kind of like you know trying to start songs together and finish them at the same time you know it was yeah. we <laughs> we we had accomplished even if we played played it terribly we were happy just playing music together sure. and you know other than and we didn't really get to this either but uh the the uh the south texas legion the the sort of texas metal super group that we took to germany a couple of years ago to play keep it true that's really the only other project I've ever done with Mike Solis. Other, I mean, I sang backup vocals on some militia demos and stuff like that, but we've never really been in a, in like a real band together. It's like, yeah. okay, well, we are in, we are in our little kitty band, you know, but then, you know, went on to things that would be known for globally. And that is, I feel, I feel very proud to, sure. to have a friend in Mike Solis and to be able to say that, that we, used our resources and that's all we used because it's all we had we didn't have any training there wasn't a school okay here's how you be an underground phenomenal phenomenon <laughs> in the uh global underground metal scene here's how you do it here's the handbook here's the videos when you come out of your training we'll have a gold star and a diploma and no <laughs> no yeah we yeah. just is the for the love of metal you know, yeah. just for the love of, of uh, uh, the passion that we both had. And so yeah. it's it's really great that that we were able to talk to Mike today. Yeah, we should point out also that he's got a new album with Militia called And the Gods Made War. How's it going, man? You Good, man. We're glad to have you. Oh, man, um, I'm, glad, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for, for asking me. Well, it seemed only fitting because you, much like my co-host Jason McMasters, share a certain status in uh, Texas metal history and legend and that sort of thing. So 
it's only fitting that we get you on the show sooner or later. So thank well, you for joining us. Very nice of you guys. That's awesome. Yeah, and thanks for uh, your comments and just for playing along because, you know, we we see all that and when we were kind of just getting up and going. And yeah, I mean, Mike, I didn't even know you were a podcast kind of guy or <laughs> or are you? Are you? No, I, I wasn't until till you know recently and uh and when i saw that you guys were gonna gonna be doing this i'm like this is gonna be awesome and i'm gonna learn a lot and and you know have my jaws gonna drop hearing some of these stories and stuff and, and yeah man, that's awesome and i also wanted to while i was at work i wanted to text you guys that you know certain things when you were speaking about first concerts and your first t-shirts and what I couldn't do it. I was working. Start yelling at the, like yeah. getting excited. Start yelling out loud. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tourette's. I was like, these guys are gonna freak when I tell them I saw Kiss in '77 or something. You know. Yeah, yeah. Heavy metal Tourette's. Yeah. So, so you saw Kiss in '77. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about uh, that. Yes, please. That was. I think I was either in sixth or seventh grade, and uh, <clears throat> of course, a huge, gigantic Kiss fan, like like everybody else. And that was my very first concert, by the way. Wow. Was this the Love Gun tour? Lucky. This was the Love Gun tour. And it was right after the Alive 2 came out. Wow. So I saw them at Joe Freeman Coliseum in 77. And me and some buddies from school, I think their big brother drove us down there. and, And mind blown, you're seeing Kiss, you know, your heroes and stuff, the, the people that, uh, you know, growing up, I was all about the, the monster movies and the, you know, the horror and stuff. And now you have rock and roll come into your life. Uh, and then you mix it two, and it's like euphoria. Yeah. Exactly. I think we all have that in common. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Do you remember who was the, who the opening act was that night? I want to say it was a, maybe a group called new England. Oh yeah, New yeah. England. That's I, vaguely. I, yeah, I think that's you may vaguely be right. familiar. Yeah, it, it may have been that tour or the Dynasty tour. It was New England, but mm. I think okay. I remember that name pretty much. New England. So, so you said you saw that show at the Joe and Harry Freeman Coliseum, which is in San Antonio. Are yeah. you originally from San Antonio, or what's no? I'm, I'm from here, but you know, I might as well Austin. Be. Yeah. So, so you, you, you hitched a ride down to the gig in San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, uh, 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 you know, one of the, the older brothers of one of my friends was the one that drove us all down there and we were just kids. Se- seventh grade. Right. Yeah. Something like that. You know, yeah. and it's awesome. Yeah. So it was amazing. Well, awesome. let's, uh, I'm going to just, there's a lot of elephants in this room. Right yeah. Now. Like, like about a hundred of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I really don't know which one to try to tackle first, uh-huh. but like we don't we don't have to do any kind of timeline. But yeah, yeah. as you as you very well know, I've probably told the story of how we met oh, on yeah. the show yeah. more than once. Yeah, I've, I've watched pretty much all your videos, all your all your interviews. Yeah, so and you always so, mention that. But, yes. Cool. So sorry about that. I'm over well, here talking about you all the time. I guess it's my problem. lifelong man crush. <laughs> so so the you know the the fact that you were wearing a motorhead shirt in the 
high school cafeteria yeah. in 1981. 81, I think it was. Uh, in, so yeah. Ace of Spades is brand new. Yep. You had obviously gotten that shirt at one show where Motorhead is supporting Blizzard of Oz. Yes. That's the only place anyone in the middle of Texas would have a Motorhead shirt that early on, <laughs> yeah. right? Because, Absolutely. I, I mean, I don't even think like, uh, you know, the old like rock shop downtown, Aaron's Rock and Roll, if you're from Austin, Texas, yeah. you know very well what that is. Yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. that they were care. They didn't know what a motorhead was yet. They had no idea. Right. I mean, they okay. Were, they had a couple of years to catch up to all that right. wave that was about yeah. to hit. Right. So, so obviously you were at that show too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could talk about concerts that you've been to because I know <laughs> you've 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 seen a bunch. But I want to reiterate the uh, the day we met and we hung out all day it was love oh, at yeah. first sight. Oh yeah. You took me over to your house to meet your mom. Mm -hmm. uh, God, it is like we were dating. Yeah, our first it. date. <laughs> was our first date. And yeah. uh, no, it wasn't to meet your mom. I just, you know, right, I was right. giving you a ride home. And, you, right, right, and yeah. we, we got into your room and it looked exactly like my room. There, there wasn't an inch of space on the wall yeah. that didn't have I, Kiss on I it. Even, I, I even, you know, and I'm kicking myself to this day, I even cut the edges off of those posters just to make more room somehow. Wow. Well, you know, hey, sacrifice the bloody lamb to I, I get, like I like battered and beat up posters to be honest because they're they're used, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you can't you can't sell them that way. Yeah. No, you know, they're I mean, not we're not as worth so you might as well keep them right. on the wall. So anyway, exactly. that that says a lot about what's going on here. So in the form of a question, um, I would like to talk about um, what people probably know you for in the music, in the heavy metal music community, and that mm -hmm. is the early 80s, mid, mid 80s uh, Texas thrash band that is globally known to be some sort of collector's type, yeah. one of yeah. those bands that has a collectability mm -hmm. uh hat to it mm -hmm. and um and also just was a was a great sort of a, you know it's it's it was the cup half full or half empty kind of too what you was militia too late or too early is yeah. a great argument because mm -hmm. of the right. just the kind of music it was and mm -hmm. how a lot of that stuff started to blow up around the same time tell us the story is is I'll try to bite my tongue because I I've heard this story like literally a million times because yeah, I was yeah. standing right there next to you. Absolutely. <laughs> or I'm the one that instigated the damn thing in the first yeah, place. That's, that's what I'm about to say. Yeah. So yeah. tell tell us the story and what year and if it was summer or winter, whatever. I I think it was um, maybe late, if not mid '84, I believe. I was playing drums at the time you know, uh, with some friends and we were just, you know, just jamming in my garage. We didn't, we weren't banned yet or anything, but, uh, and I, and I can't remember if I said, Hey Jason, come on over. We're going to jam or anyway, you were there and Hey, we're going to do a uh, metal thrashing mad from anthrax because I wanted to be Charlie Benanti, you know? 
Who doesn't yes. want to be Charlie? Who Benanti? doesn't want to be that drummer? And so I was also singing the part too. And so I'm guessing that, you know, a, a light went off in your, your head going, hmm, maybe this guy could probably sing for these other guys I know of and stuff. And I think you just kind of say, you should try out for these guys. And, you know, I think you would fit perfect or something. And, and I did. And that's pretty much how that went. And I got the job immediately. In 1984, how many metal singers that you knew, because, you know, you were metalhead, could you just right. ramp, rattle off the top of your head? Zero. <laughs> One. You. So, so, there was, so there was that. Now, yeah. to put this in perspective, this is only a year and a half or two years after I had started fronting Watchtower. Mm -hmm. And this yeah. is after, I don't want to say the demise of our band, Fallen yeah, Angel, yeah. where... Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I played bass and you sang and we both yeah, ended yeah. up singing and six months later or whatever, I ended up in Watchtower and mm -hmm. and not long, not really, you know, year and a half later, you end up fronting Militia. Yeah. Here, here's mm -hmm. a little bit of insight and a lot of people uh, don't know this, mm -hmm. but Jesse Viegas, who had teamed up with Phil Shea. And Phil Shea already knew like Rick and Doug and Billy from Watchtower yeah. because they all went to, well, okay. I know that, that, yeah, they went to, well, Phil, the drummer for Militia, had uh, gone to high school at Crockett High School in South Austin with Rick and Doug, not Billy, to be clear. But they all right. knew each other. Yeah. Jesse Viegas was a South Austin, you know, metalhead yeah. who, was, no one was playing like that. Right. When I went over and saw what Phil and Jesse were doing at Tony's house, it was the first time I had met Tony. Mm -hmm. In '84, I was I was already in Watchtower, and they invited me over, and they wanted me to check it out. And I want to say that it was Jesse Viegas, God rest mm -hmm. his soul. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, I checked it out, and I was like, wow, you know, it was thrash. It yeah. was thrash, and some of those early songs. Uh, you know, Thrash to Destroy and, you know, maybe Metal Axe. You know, Onslaught. Some, some the, the er, right, Onslaught, definitely. The earliest yeah. stuff. Uh, and, you know, Phil Shame may have even had lyrics going, right? Yeah, I think it was Jesse and, and Phil. It, yeah, that were putting it all together. Right. And I know that they were, they really wanted to to see what I, what I thought because I think that they were trying to headhunt me. You oh, know, yeah. They were just yeah. whatever. I'm not taking it. I didn't take it bad or I didn't right, right. think twice about it. Mm -hmm. um, and Jesse came over to hear me with Watchtower, like literally came to a rehearsal at Billy White's house wow. and watched us play about, you know, five songs. And, uh, you know, it was like a return the favor kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I and then I think that was the end of it. Well, the next thing that happened was the story you told. About you and right. I were hanging out, and I and I was like, "Holy crap, you you yeah. should go." And we and I took you over there, and I yeah. just I just like it's I like cut a, the leash. I left it like there. A, yeah, like putting a little duck on the in the pond, but a metal one. Go. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of tell us what tell us kind of what happened from there is as far as you remember as far as putting those songs together and, and planning to go into the studio and record a demo and then, you know, just go from there. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, my memory is not that great, but 
I remember going and they immediately liked what I was doing because I was just screaming at the top of my lungs and, you know, like, like Rob Halford, which yeah. is what I wanted, you know, see like this. Well, we, we didn't work. We were untrained. We didn't yeah, know what exactly. we were doing. We, we, we me and you used to ride around in my car with a boom box between <laughs> our legs, singing yeah. Raven, you know, yeah. Hell Patrol at full yeah. volume until our throat, <laughs> yeah. until, until yeah. blood came out of our noses. Oh yeah, it was it was it was those were magic times, man. Yes, yeah, it, and uh, very well put. Yeah, and uh, so I think there's some, even some recordings of of me, like at early early practice. Oh, and uh, you know, it sounds like I'm yelping, of course, and, and didn't know all the words right and stuff, but it's there somewhere. Yeah. <clears throat> so they immediately liked what I was doing, and and next thing you know, I think we had a show. Was it in early? Late late eighty four, uh, was Watchtower Wizard, and Militia was. That was your first show with Militia. Yeah. Can right? you can you tell us? Yeah, that sounds right. I don't. Yeah, and I think it was um, Chris Gates who put on that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we went over to his his place and stuff, and we were all wowed and stuff because he had all kinds of you know punk rock stickers here and there and stuff. yeah he was chris gates uh yeah. I, I feel like the, everyone knows who and what a chris gates is but yes, exactly. for those of you who don't know <laughs> yeah. uh chris gates is like uh kind of like this sort of like guru in the austin texas scene yeah who <clears throat> him, him and his brothers actually yeah yeah. Uh, we're, we're a part of the, the punk scene in the late seventies, early eighties around here. And they had, they all had bands and, uh, you know, Chris's band of course was the big boys yeah. and they played with everybody and they kind of started the whole like local thing. Mm -hmm. And there were there and they became global, like within a matter of few years. Mm -hmm. So he ended up in the band Junkyard, as well as other things in between, of course. Right. Junkyard yeah. was a big deal, MTV, Poison the whole 13, thing. Poison 13, I believe. Poison well. 13. Poison 13 was kind of a big deal around here, too, and probably did some touring as well. Yeah. Um, um, but Chris Gates was, a, <clears throat> it, it was <clears throat> a, a big player in showing yeah. you and I, basically, if not everybody around here, how to do it the whole diy print your yeah. own shirts make Absolutely. your own posters yeah. draw your own logos i mean it was this is pre-digital yeah. there was it was everything was hand drawn or typeset yeah yep absolutely yeah yeah he um, he i you know i don't know what prompted him to just go i'm gonna start doing metal shows now you know and he just pieced it together found the right people and next thing you know you got it you got a metal scene going I think so, that he knew everybody at, like, the places that would have us. Right. Like at the Ritz and, you know, Esther's Follies, which is like an entertainment troupe. Like, they do I, a, a comedy mm -hmm. show and a drama show downtown yeah. on 6th Street in Austin, Texas. If anyone listening yeah. who's out of state or overseas knows, you know, it, it, it was basically like a... A, a, a mini Broadway, but it was more com more of a comedy right. group and dances, dance and sing yeah. and stuff to entertain sure. um, downtown Austin. And it used to be at the Ritz Theater, and so he knew yeah. them already. And on their off nights, like we were, they would they would let us throw metal shows in there midweek, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, whatever. Yeah. 
So, so what do you remember of that show? That's your first gig. You you started all this by saying you were basically a drummer. You kind of gravitated towards singing. Now you're doing your first show with Watchtower, uh, already an established band, hometown heroes. You're on stage for the first time. Uh, How were you feeling uh, at that point? Yeah. (laughs) What do you remember about the gig? Well, there's... uh, well, I, there are pictures of, of me on stage, and you can see all across the front of the stage in, in 17 by 11 pieces of paper, all the lyrics written down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, st- I, did, I, I still do that. I did not want to forget, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. that's me. I do it as a as a crutch, but as a, yeah, whether I know case. them or not, I just have right. it here because, you know. Just in case. Any I, moment, I, my brain is just going to fall out. I still have, you know, a cheat note here and there, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, that show was, was it, it was amazing because the, the, the crowd was really just eating it up. All the bands, you know, Militia, Watchtower, and Wizard, you know, who came down from San Antonio. And uh, So the story I, about you and me going down, and we talk about Ricky Warhide and Don Tavern right. and yeah. the whole S.A. Slayer and that whole mm-hmm. scene down there that you and I and maybe even Billy White went down. Maybe it was two down there. Yeah, to hang out with all those, our new friends, our new heavy yeah. metal connection in San Antonio. Yeah. yeah. Militia wasn't quite together yet. Right, right. Is that true? That's true. Yeah, we were, I think. That would have been 82, 83. That that right there kind of trips me out because I just feel like Militia and you have been around forever. Yeah, I'm starting to try to think about that. Like, you're right. I was going down there with you and stuff, and I I guess I I had not been in. It hadn't happened. The Militia connection hadn't happened. It was, there was no birthing yet. Right, right. Wow, okay. That way puts it in perspective. That's true. Dude, you guys caught up immediately, like overnight you guys caught up. Wasn't your second gig opening for Slayer? I, I think it may have been the, I think the second gig, the second gig was actually, uh, Hold on. It was Watchtower Carrion Militia. Okay. Okay. How and many think gigs we, how many gigs did Militia do before they were on the bill with, with Slayer? Slayer? We're talking Slayer from, you know, okay. right, Rain right, Blood right. Slayer. Right. I think we did uh, after those two shows I just talked to you about, I think that's when we did the three shows in Texas with Nasty Savage. Oh, that's right. Holy right. moly. And then that, then the Slayer show came. Slayer what cities? What that. cities were you in um, with uh, Nasty Austin, Austin, San Antonio, and Houston. Wow. Yeah, and I have that incredible picture of me, you, and Nasty Ronnie, Jason on uh, stage headbanging. Con- Consolidated Arts Warehouse. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that's one of my favorite photos, it's and I know photo. I have that somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Nasty Ronnie just invited us on stage to headbang and just. Yeah spit in the, the microphone yeah <laughs> what do you remember about the uh the slayer gig the slayer gig uh, from what i from what i remember i think uh who was it was, was it rob he was telling me you know we were up there uh putting our stuff up and we had this uh our militia logo thing up rob there willingham bass rob willingham bass rob player willingham. militia i think he had overheard or one of the Slayer guys say, what is that supposed to say? You know, kind of in a, you know, I can't read, uh, you know, whatever, you know, <laughs> that was kind of funny. I don't know if it's true. Is it the, uh, is it the logo 
like that's kind of it's hand painted on a piece of plywood and it's got the demon spreading yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, okay. That one. Yeah. yeah. And we still have that logo to this day. Yeah. yeah. So um speaking Speaking of, of Slayer, uh, you know, the, the Slayer versus Slayer gig in San Antonio yeah. is a yeah. is a piece of Texas metal history. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And I, 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 a lot of people may not know that you were on that bill as well. Militia opened yeah. that show. Yeah. Um, how long after how long are you a band when you get that gig? And what do you remember about that day? Well, let's see. I think we were only a, a full fledged band a couple of months. I think from the first from the first show, maybe three, maybe three months. Uh, and I uh, think that I want to say maybe the S.A. Slayer guys got you on there. Yeah, I, I'm, to this day I'm going. How did we get on that? How did we get on because that? Because Chris Chris Gates, it was a no brainer. Chris Gates bought, brought yeah. Slayer to That's Austin right. and was like, "Oh, militia and watchtowers, right?" It was yeah. a no brainer. We were the go to bands all the yeah, time yeah. because we knew Chris, right? So yeah, we, we got that, that gig and of course we were, you know, like, wow, this is gonna be great, you know, playing in San Antonio because we love San Antonio as well, you know, because you know, they 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 really have the, the metal scene over there. So yeah. and so that show was was it was packed, as you can probably guess, to the to the rafters. People everyone's tell, hot tell in us there. A, tell us about I, I know a story Uncle Mike, tell us the tell us the one about when uh, you guys had a little sound check, and it was right before Doors. That's guys, right. Yeah, tell tell us that one. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised we even had a sound check, but anyway, we got a sound check, and it was probably around, around three, three o'clock, maybe two o'clock, maybe. Uh, we're on there, and we do a sound I check. I, I can't believe that because usually, you know. Were they were the other bands even loaded in that fucking early? Yeah, something I don't know what it. <clears throat> I can't remember to be honest. Okay. I don't remember. It, the, it doesn't matter because the, uh, the the line outside is part of this story. So that yeah, probably was later in the day. But yeah. who am I to correct you? Yeah, it might have been. Uh, you know, but I don't. I don't. Uh, I remember doing the the sound check. Like, okay, let's play whatever one of the songs, and we played it. And when we stopped the song, it was like you hear this giant roar outside. You know, so badass. And we're like, there's people outside already, you know, and after that, we pop my head out. And there's a huge line, of course, you know, going going around the place and stuff. And lining you know, up was, early in downtown San Antonio. Everybody wanted, to be on, everybody wanted to be on the front row of that show. Right. Roaring for a band they've never heard of before. Right, exactly. Or, or, or just even hearing murmurings of, you know, or something to that effect. Well, I'm sure it's San Antonio. All yeah. they need to hear is some of the distortion and some power chords. Too. Yeah. Well, you know, some, some it, double it was, picking and I feel like I feel like if, amped up. especially if if you know you guys played one of your you know, speedy songs. If you just yeah. rip right into the speedy song, they're they're ready to hear some thrash metal. Yeah, yeah. you know, they're yeah. coming up. They're coming in early to see, you know, uh, San Antonio's favorite boys, S.A. Slayer. Yeah, and of course the the you know the band that they have records from. You know that they have at least uh, shown a mercy in haunting the chapel. But right. then they get to hear something that they've never heard is this band right. from Austin? What a band from yeah. Austin, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and and then you guys rip into metal act. Don't have to go that don't have to that you know, they're probably yeah. going, What? You know. So well, I thought, probably, well, that's, that ain't no Willie Nelson. 
you know? Well, they were probably thinking if they're friends of Watchtower, that's good enough for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, let's hope so. So, so how long after a band, uh, how long are you a band when you start uh, compiling what would become your discography? I know Good it question. starts with it starts with demos and then you yeah. eventually. So so how long are you a band? And then when do you start building what became your catalog? Man, that that's uh, time sequences for that stuff. Rob Willingham is so good at this stuff. But I would say. Not too much, not too much uh, long after the, the Slayer, you know, shows that we kind of said, okay, I think we need to, you know, get something out there. So we, I think we went to a place called Austin Tracks here in Austin. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we were going to do four songs on, on there and we didn't finish the, the, the fourth song because we ran out of money. Right. So we just did the three. And that was the Regiments of Death demo. Right, and we packaged that is, those. Even that those. is sought. Even that is sought after. Yeah, we we packaged those, of course, and we sold them at gigs and sold them at Hog Wild, and they kept calling us, "Hey, we're out, we're out, we're out." You know, is it is it true that? And hold, hold that thought, because this okay. this is a good long answer you're about to give. Right. Is it true that the cover is the same with the you know the marching troops with the rifles and stuff? Is it true mm-hmm. that that is a a Chris Gates piece of art that you just used on the demo or was the demo? I can't remember what the demo art looked like. I I think Chris Gates got that from some comic book. Okay. Which I don't know. What What was on the militia demo? On the militia demo? Yeah, the cassette cover. I think it was pretty much the same thing as what's on the sibling, you know, the the shield with the the M there. I think okay. it's, it was the exact same thing. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, but, that you uh, might be right. And now we're, this is 1984, early 85, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And, yeah. and what songs were, what what songs ended up, so On you ran dump. out of money, and what were the songs that made it, that got mixed? I think the songs that made it were uh, Metal Axe, uh-huh. Regiments of Death. I think, uh, oh, come on, it's right there. See, I don't, I, I should thrash? research more. Was Thrash to Destroy written? I think that was the one that I Old ended block? up doing. I, oh. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> My memory is, 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 is crap, but I think it was, um, it may have been Thrash to Destroy. Okay. Right. And, and the lyrics, the lyrics, let's talk about this. Okay. Early earliest recordings. Yeah. It it Mike. It's totally fine that you don't yeah, remember yeah. the songs that were on there. <laughs> uh, the, the lyrics were written by Phil Ashe, the drummer. By right? Phil, yeah. And and Phil, and and I, it's and this is. I'm getting somewhere with this, so just bear yeah. with me. What were they about? Were they just about bloody death and head banging and thrashing it's and all the, and, the the push button words that you need to create a. Thrash, you know, <laughs> cornerstones of thrash that make yeah. people react blood you know swords marching right village <laughs> killing I posers mean, demons right. exactly yeah, yeah. The, i think we the, just wrote a song guys yeah, <laughs> yeah we did so yeah. the interesting thing is is uh the the 
this is you know still going i still want to piggyback dave's question because yeah, yeah. when was it that you started writing lyrics and what what was do you remember the first set of tunes that you wrote lyrics for a militia i want to say it was uh, i think i had a hand in writing uh objective termination with tony Ooh, that's a good one yeah i think uh he may have had the initial uh lyrics and i think i may have put some stuff in there and added uh objective termination and uh that may have been it and then of course you know we'll get to that later the the other demo the no submission demo but that's farther uh -huh. on down that i wrote yeah. the lyrics to that yeah uh, okay. but i was but we were still pretty much um using all the old material of course I mean, yeah. you're talking you're talking about a band to this day that has the least repertoire, <laughs> you know, available, you know. So how many songs, including the new record, if you if you bunched them, you know, what what are we talking about? How many tunes do you, does Militia actually have? OK, uh, not not that not that you would play live if you were going to play a show tomorrow, just, but just all of them. Just all of it together is it, could, could you say maybe twenty songs? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Like that. That's yeah. yeah that's yeah. a small discography. It's very small. Right. And that's including no submission, which was a different version of the band. Yeah. Uh, same rhythm section, different guitarist, one guitarist. Yeah. Right. Phil yeah. Patterson. What? 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 When? When the band? Let's go back a little bit and talk about sure. the the sibling. Yes. And the sibling is actually tell us about the song, the sibling, and then yeah. the, the story about the original pressing mm -hmm. on on vinyl, your first vinyl release, mm -hmm. and then yeah. all of the cool stories that stack on top of that years later. Right, connect those as well. You know what I'm saying? How did? Yeah. How long after? You know, you were you and Tony were writing Objective Termination, yeah. uh, and and whatever else. Yeah. Uh, at that point that you decided to make vinyl, which was an EP, three or four songs. Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. I think that ended up coming out in 85 or 86. Uh -huh. And uh, so it may have been a little while after the demos that we started thinking about, okay, let's, let's record some, some, uh, some of the other stuff, uh, the other songs we have. <clears throat> uh, Sibling and what else? Sibling, uh, Metal Axe. On the, on the Sibling EP is Metal Axe, Sibling, and what else? Metal Axe, Salem Square. That's right. Yeah, Salem Square. And, Which is uh, about witches. It's about witches, you know, about burning witches. Burning witches. Of, of course it's about burning yeah, witches. Yeah, you know, more, more push button well, yeah, words. Exactly. To, mm -hmm. exactly. To riled up the people and make them go like this or like this. It's 1985. Right. Yeah, and so... It, the song the sibling i don't even i can't remember how that even came up who who thought of that but it's just kind of this uh the song the sibling is kind of this uh journey or i wouldn't say journey evolution of you know the antichrist coming back and stuff buttons more buttons right <laughs> uh, but no words you know so we just kind of made it about that you know the uh, the world accepts evil and stuff like that, you know. So yeah. it really doesn't have any uh, 
huge, huge significance about anything. But other so than the sibling you know, is is an instrumental that just yes was a cool title for a heavy metal exactly. EP. Okay. Yeah. Like well, like uh, like God hates us all from Slayer. You know that Tom Mariah said. It just sounds cool. It's just know? an awesome. <laughs> it's just yeah you yeah I think that I think that you especially mm -hmm. with a band like Slayer and you know exactly the the lyrics that those guys write i think that you're just trying to outdo your last right you know you're trying to out metal the last <laughs> yeah phrase or album yeah. title yeah. yeah it's all about trying to be more yeah. evil than the yeah. last thing you shit and my eyebrows you. wrinkle even more you right know? <laughs> yeah. but the, the sibling the sibling is is arguably the the most sought after collectible in the militia yeah. catalog so what's the craziest amount of money you've ever heard that thing going for i've heard i've heard four thousand <clears throat> how many copies are out there officially now i've heard about some that have been accidentally sat on and thrown away and you know ended up in the Corpus Christi dump. How many did you, how, how many did you, uh, you only did a hundred. You only did a hundred originally. Yeah. Okay. Originally. Well, and, that, uh, that's why. So now there's 94, I think <laughs> it's, even, it's even more rare if you think about it. But, uh, yeah, I've always, I've always told people, you know, the sibling is definitely more uh, popular <clears throat> than, than the band militia. You know, yeah. Right. So, right. so on that same thread, you know, mm -hmm. you're, uh, relatively speaking, a fairly short-lived band in Texas mm -hmm. metal history, but obviously made a very important mark. So, having said all that, what's the, what's the farthest away you've ever heard from a, a fan or or somebody that that acknowledged your existence mm -hmm. and made you go, oh my God, how do these people even know? Yeah. We were, can you tell me, you know, what's the craziest communication or fan, you know, fan mail or whatever? I might even say, you know, back in the day, I might even say like uh, Russia or something. We may have gotten one from Russia or something, but I know it was a lot, definitely a lot of German and, and European fan mail that we got. And that's that's uh, that speaks volumes too. When you consider the time we're talking about, there is no internet, so yeah, they, no internet. They find this band from Texas that's mm -hmm. underground to begin with has only been around for <clears throat> four or six months, maybe. Yeah. Um, and fan mail is coming in from Russia. <laughs> Are they well, aware of you over there? Right. Well, we I think we were also sending in demos to a lot of the the fanzines, the the little uh, you know D D Y I uh fanzines that people were, were putting out because they were just fanatics you know they, they needed so we're like hey let's send them this and that's probably how how the, the militia word got out as well you know has yeah, there yeah. ever been any thought about <clears throat> reissuing the siblings since there's obviously a, a demand for it or is this a case of don't mess with something that's well you know, so we, sacred we recently did that oh did you okay we recently released the sibling uh, the second, we call it the second pressing because it looks exactly like the first one. Uh, okay. I think even the leave on the inside is the same, you know, everything. And, um, you know, I, there was a, for a long time, I was very, you know, like, 
oh, everybody wants to release the sibling again or the, you know, the militia material again. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm, you know. You're talking about a reissue that was like 30 years later, though. Yeah, no, I know. 25 years later, there was a yeah. reissue. Yeah. And, wow, and, that's and crazy. Even before the sibling, the, the just recently in January release, we did a like two other compilations of stuff with the same material and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so when the, they approached us about re-releasing the sibling, you know, second pressing, I was kind of like, people over the head with the same stuff over and over and over but they they must want it so i just said yeah let's do it go ahead you know and it sold like the box sets they sold out in like two hours i think so so you just said box set without telling us about the box, the box set. set what what right. is the box set when did that come out and what can you get in the box set that also came out at the, the same time as the the album the sibling re-release now in that box set is an actual sibling album, the two uh, demos and cassettes, uh, the regiments demo and the no submission demo, and a and a throwback baseball black and white jersey, militia sibling T-shirt. Oh, nice. And uh, Wait, there's no booklet or poster or. I don't. I don't think there was a booklet or a poster. Okay. And there's a T-shirt. What else do you want? <laughs> oh, oh, there's a booklet you know, there's, and a poster. There's not well, a Winnie, win a, There's not a Winnebago in there. No. Okay. But, uh, Make it sure. Is it, there's oh, not yeah, a belt, they, belt buckle. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, so the so the the craziest like is the jump of years. Yeah. And the this sounds like I'm talking smack, but I'm not. And the yeah, no, no, the lack of material. Right. Exactly. Like Dave said a second ago. Yeah. What an amazing, I mean, the fandom yeah. reaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep. With runs very deep. little, very little, uh, uh, just body of work. Right, right. Body yeah. of work is small. That's the, true. Yeah. When, when did, let's talk about no submission. And okay. I, I want, I want to say the song, the lyrics that you, that on no <clears throat> submission, you wrote all of those. Yeah. Okay, and the, and the material is different. Uh, talking to the Stone is one I remember. What else was on that yeah. demo? And then I want to talk about the lineup change. I think it was talking to the Stone and just no submission. Oh, just just two two songs. Two songs. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know that uh, of course uh, I can't remember exactly what year, but Tony had decided to to leave the band. And uh, so we were out a guitarist, and around that time, I think it was '87, we had met Phil Patterson. He had just and, moved. And Jesse had left. Had jumped when? Jesse had. He didn't jump. He we kind of pushed him. Oh. Oh, okay. He was. Uh, from what I understand, he was just not. Like he, it came very close to being. It came very close to a show in San Antonio where we we were being urged to go on and jesse was not even there yet he was still at the hotel or something and blah, 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 blah. Um, what, and, and kind of little, those little things happening and so i guess we had all decided let's just go as a four piece right. anyway so we're, that's what happened and then we continue as a four piece i'm glad you kissed and made up later yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and I'll, I'll tell the story about that too okay uh, Great. at some point yeah. um <clears throat> so Fast forward again, we, we ended up meeting 
Phil Patterson, where did I meet? I may have met him at Austin High. And uh, he had just moved from Florida and he was a guitarist and stuff and, you know, metal guitarist. And we're like, yeah, come on over, let's jam or, or you want to try out or whatever. And he was in. But around that same time, that's when, uh, like, Queensryche was coming out with, uh, was it Rage for Order or something? And the warning? Maybe, maybe the warning and Rage for Order. <clears throat> and I started getting, of course, Jeff Tate. I'm like, oh, man, this guy can really sing. And we were all getting into their style. And yeah. so we, we kind of started, okay, we can do this. We got this. No, you don't. <laughs> we did the we did the songs and you know we recorded them and then after listening to them after a while I was like I do I'm not really a fan I'm not a fan of, you know, of what we, of what you guys were producing that was we stylistically producing. maybe right. influenced <clears throat> by uh, this this new, fairly new band Queens this this kick ass band that knows how to do it right right. Yeah. Well, coming. I know I know there's a lot of San Antonio bands that were very influenced by Queensryche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, we were just—I think we were coming from a from a thrash thing and trying to not do thrash, at least for this for these songs. Mm -hmm. And we were like, okay, we we got this. No, you don't. So anyway, well, I mean, when you think about even the your content, um, yeah, you know, you're. You're writing the lyrics, and, and yeah. Philip is not writing the lyrics at this point. Right. Yeah. And, and talking to the Stone and no submission, I'm sure they were had some violence, and they were very metal, <laughs> and they were very yeah, dramatic yeah. and all yeah. that. But it wasn't, you know, metal acts about just no. you know, chopping off people's heads and going, right, what right. are you looking at, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so, no, it's, um, go ahead, okay. Mike. Go ahead, Mike. I lost my train of thought. I think I was going to say. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. So, I think I was going to say something like, uh, yeah, the songs on their world were definitely a little more mellow, of course. And maybe we were just trying to do something new. Well, you know? I think they were, might have been a little, I'm not trying to give it a review. I thought it no, was no, pretty good. And I feel like in yeah. the end, you you were unhappy with, with yeah. where it, that direction. I, um, I mean, I guess the good news is it was only a couple of songs and it was right um you know you were not guessing but you were just trying new stuff which is that's that's great right right um new stuff is, is doing new stuff is is always a good thing i think you, you know, were but. i think the the song <laughs> just so just so people listening can kind of have you went from like a hundred miles an hour to a yeah. slightly altered lineup which maybe had more of like a plodding gallop as opposed to yeah. just speed yes. metal, right? Yes. And, okay. and again, what's the title of this release? Uh, no Submission. No Submission, okay. The demo. So, so I wanted to ask you, you said early on uh, that you you didn't start as the lyricist in the band. Yes. It was something you that you contributed later. I wanted to know how you go from zero to the lyricist and how you develop your style and... <laughs> How, how that comes about if you hadn't never done it before. Good question. That, and I've, and I've thought about this quite, quite a lot about, uh, for, for instance, I was, I wrote pretty much about 99% of the new release that we have. And that happened all at once. It just came out. 
sometimes I'll be. And so you're, you're, I'm I sorry, you're talking about, and the gods made war. Right. Yeah. Okay. Back to but, no submission. Uh, right. No submission. I think I just, I just went for it. I don't, you know, I didn't kind of, I kind of knew what I was doing, but kind of didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't have a style yet. I don't think when it came to writing songs, I just wrote stuff down and tried it out and, and see what came out. And if I liked it, I'm like, okay, that's, that's a take or whatever. But uh, I, I still still have trouble writing lyrics. I still do, you know. Uh, uh, Rob was like, how did you come up with these lyrics for the, for the new one? I'm talking about the new one. Because that's the major part of that I did the writing. And I said, you know, I don't know. I was at, I was at a, I was, I was hit, I hit a brick wall and then it just opened up and all this stuff just came out. I don't know what it is. So it just, it either has to just show up at my door, but somehow, you know, I I can't. Also, a a lot of people don't know that even, even when militia went, went black or went dormant, right? right. You Uh continue to write lyrics and songs and, 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 uh, you know, sound drops and, and Mm -hmm. stuff that, and I've heard a lot of it and a lot of it sounds like, movie soundtrack stuff you were writing yeah. some hip-hop stuff and mm-hmm. you were yeah. collaborating and producing with with mm-hmm. other people and you, yeah. you played drum you went back to drumming for another band you never really mm-hmm. lost your drum chops yeah. um i feel like we're jumping too far forward but like That's i said right. there's, there's not really any timeline right let's let's focus on militia still let's talk That's about in the gods made war mm-hmm. the okay. original recordings the original idea of its release yeah. before uh you know right. Bart Gabriel and the label got a hold of it. Right. Well it all let's let's go back just slightly even further. Where it all started was uh <clears throat> how that started was Phil Shea mm-hmm. was he, he sold his sibling. I'm gonna sell my sibling. He put it on eBay. It sold for three thousand dollars. Right. And then Rob was kind of I don't we weren't even a band yet we're still Rob said I'm gonna make a a, a MySpace page and see you know militia one and see what happens wow. you know a, a week My, later MySpace MySpace that's how M- far back militia MySpace militia MySpace <laughs> and uh, so about a week or so later there's Oliver from Keep It True going hey do you guys want to play Keep It True here in Germany and we're like what you know we're gonna you know, you know, luckily we had a year and change to practice, you know, because <clears throat> I, I couldn't remember any of the words, even Which listening is, to, even listening to the songs and going, what was I saying there? I can't remember. Keep it and true for those who don't know is a massive yeah. festival, massive metal festival over in Europe. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Just and, uh, so anyway, while we were practicing for, for those, for that show in between songs or something, you know, somebody would come up with a riff or something and, Hey, what was that? You know, just slowly it built throughout that time of, of practicing. And then we went, this, and we is, the, played. this is the original member. The original. Yeah. And, and as how a many fact, years had it been dormant? What? Since 80, <laughs> 87. So maybe? what year? So what year was this? This was 2009. Okay. I think that we got offered to play. So yeah. you, so you were like, you guys were like, fuck the 90s. <laughs> so all in yeah. the 90s, you guys didn't even remember each other's name. We did. Like, you know, it's like, like, 
digging up a woolly mammoth or something. Yeah, exactly. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so anyway, uh, we get invited to this thing and, and I think, uh, that's where, uh, getting back to Jesse, I said, well, I don't want to do it without Jesse. Basically right. is what I said, you Smart. know, yeah, I don't want to do it without Jesse. And so we got Jesse on the phone. He was like, yes, we went, we played and we came back and we looked at each other again. Now what? Now what do you want to do? Mm. Well, we have these songs that we were kind of goofing around with. Let's hold on. Let's, let's, uh, let's stir the pot a little bit. Tell us about your experience after all those years from 90, what was it? 87 87. to 2009. I'm not even going to do the math, but that's a long effing time. That's a long time. Yeah. Okay. So you go to Germany, you hadn't even done a gig in a thousand years. The way you guys did some warm up shows, right? Yeah, we did here. Yeah. I think here in Austin or one in San Antonio, something to that effect. Yeah, yeah. And so you're in Germany. I keep it true. What was your slot? What time did you go on? You remember? I mid-day? think we went on around the uh, five or something like that. Okay, that's pretty good. Knowing yeah, that the thing good. starts at like noon. Yeah, that's pretty decent. It's pretty good. And so they have like twelve bands a day too. Exactly. So there you go. Uh, so it was it was really good, and we had another show also in Frankfurt after that. Oh, that's right. Uh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. We um, so we get there the day before, and we're like, "This is amazing!" You know, you drive up and you see the field of people, you know, from 1984, you know, the jackets, the patches, the whole. You know what I'm saying? You you saw oh, it. Oh my God! Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm biting my tongue because I yeah. I, I, I yeah. you know of course you and I have done those enough to have like yeah. these learning experiences yeah. about it, and uh, you know I always I'll just I'll just I'll just share. So yeah, do don't it. forget, Dave. Help us remember where we are in our story because I have <laughs> to just vomit this on you guys. Yeah, please do. You know, and you can back me. You guys can back. At least Mike can back me up. Mm-hmm. When we were in high school and you saw like Kerrang pictures of Kerrang magazine with all these people with all these patches all over their jackets at all these European rock festivals and heavy metal festivals and stuff like that, you just thought that that was like this really cool kind of glammed out look that they had where they go, here, I got this one at Keep It True and I got this one at Bang Your Head and I got this one at at you know isle of white mm-hmm. i got this one you know yeah. off all these places they got all these patches from right. it's kind of like a a tattoo you know you yeah. it tells a story and there's a whole this whole thing okay so you know that is like their their battle vest which we've all mm-hmm. know know now what that's actually it has a name right. for it. that's your battle vest okay right. but what we didn't realize back then is that if you didn't have one of those what were you using for your pillow, for your for your blankie, for your because you know people go to those festivals and they stay all day, yeah, and if they yeah. have a couple of beers and they go, I'm going to go take a nap for a couple of hours so I can drink yeah. some more. Right. <laughs> they're using it as your. Here you go to quote Don Van Stavern, coat on chest. Yeah. Coat on chest. It's yeah. bat, battle jacket on chest. Right. Yeah, right. absolutely. So yeah. I learned that by going over there and go, oh, I get it. It's like, man, that's your umbrella, that's your yeah. hat, that's your pillow, that's your yeah. life, right yeah. there. So no wonder it's very important to have one of those. Go, you know, going to one of those things. If yeah, uh, you know, if you're walking around with a windbreaker on, you're lame. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're, so you're the security guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's right. Oh, probably not getting paid. You just got you know it free. Was, right. You know what I noticed real quick? I noticed also when we were there about the, the whole patches and the, the battle vests and stuff, all the girls were decked out like that too. Yeah. They weren't like in short skirts and skimpy stuff. It was. No. They were, they They're were right the there. Music. They're yeah, into the absolutely. whole thing. Right. It's yeah. It's not really a fashion cool. show. That was cool to see, you know? Yeah. But, uh, Anyway, back to uh, our experience. Yes. Uh, we get there the day before, and we always oh, go to the festival and hang out. Like, and, uh, and, of course, people are coming up to us, you know, immediately and wanting to know about militia and what you've been doing, what are you all going to do, this, that, and the other thing, sign this, sign that, and that was cool. Uh, Being recognized in a foreign country 20 years after you've released or touched a microphone, pretty much. Kind of crazy. Yeah, Yeah, that is crazy. So it was was a bit weird. Not weird. Not weird in a bad way, but it was like cool. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, now it comes the next day where it comes time for us to play and stuff. And I'm I'm a little nervous, but then I just kind of shake it off. And I just just go up there and do your thing. Have fun. They're going to enjoy the shit out of it regardless and stuff. And. And uh, I think we had a couple of technical problems up there, uh, which looking back at and on video is kind of cringy to watch. But uh, but overall, we had you can, a, add, you can edit that stuff out, man. Yeah, yeah. Over, <laughs> yeah, right. That's what overall. We overall, we had a great time. Met great people. You know, there was no there was no violence. No. No people, you know, shoving each other in a horrible manner and stuff. It was just such a brotherhood and sisterhood of, of, of fun and metal. And, you know, there was no, I don't think I saw any police there or real security to, you know, they didn't have to. Yeah. And that, that's the great thing about that festival, you know, is you can go up there and then you can have a pit if you like. And if somebody falls down, they pick you up and, get you back in the in rotation but i've always thought it was really cool that uh you know we're talking about militia here but we could say the same about watchtower yeah. um or, and I think, or I, rigor mortis or yeah i i think yeah, it speaks uh it, it's it makes a point about the bands but maybe even more importantly it makes a a point about the fans in Europe and especially in Germany where, yeah. you know, we're talking militia, we're talking watchtower. We're talking about bands that have basically been active. Igniter has played keep it, keep it true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but Igniter we're talking about in like 2005 or something. We're mm-hmm. talking about bands that have been basically inactive for decades. And yeah. Oh, yeah. you, can, you yeah. still get invitations to come mm-hmm. play these places, much like you're describing. And the same I know has happened with watchtower. And mm-hmm. I, I think that, that's got to make you feel great just knowing that you're remembered all these years later, especially in a foreign land. It it would be really cool if you were remembered all those years later right here in America. Yeah, but yeah. But yeah. have this have this audience overseas that's yeah. across the ocean, and they yeah. still remember and still want you there, and they show up and they sing the lyrics and they want your autograph, and mm-hmm. that's got to be pretty cool. They're the ones. I love it. I love it, Dave, what you're, what you're talking about. I get excited about it. It, it, it makes me want to just blurt out – that they're the ones that created legend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The word the yeah. word legend they're using freely about yeah. about the exactly. bands that you're that you're that they're talking about that you're exactly. talking about that we are talking about. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and some of the collectability that we talked about earlier could probably be traced back to not so much here. Obviously, it is here, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, I'd wager that a lot of it stems from, you know, the fandom and the demand and the desire mm-hmm. to own that stuff overseas. I think you know, I even I think even at that show, particular show, I even thank the bootleggers for taking <laughs> yeah. the seven inch bootleggers uh, bootleg alive Japan yeah and you know what can you do i'm not gonna you know i'm gonna be like hey thanks for for doing that you know yeah uh, so i wanted to uh i don't mean to jump all over the place but i wanted fine. to go back to a, a question that sort of piggybacks on my earlier question about you developing your your lyric writing style okay. um you're known, of course, for your for your vocals, your your voice and your high register and, and that sort of yeah. thing. So at what point did you know, I mean, and Jason could probably answer this, too. But at what point do you do you realize that you can do that? I mean, you're, you're listening to guys like Rob Halford, Bruce Dickinson, mm-hmm. Jeff Tate, and you're going, oh, my God. And then. I mean, just how do you, because de- it doesn't even seem human. I mean, how, how do you develop a style like that from scratch? I think. And then how do you maintain it more importantly? Because as, yeah. as we know, uh, I can say this about Jason and you after listening to And the Gods Made War, mm-hmm. uh, and you guys have played out live in some in recent years, and people still say you've still got it. So how do you develop it and how do you maintain it all these years? Uh, I, I don't. I don't, I don't even take care of it. I just, whatever, you know what I mean? And if it, if it happens, if it comes out good, it comes out good. Like there's been times where I'm at rehearsal and, uh, and I'll be like, uh, Oh, this is not going to work, man. Oh, I can't believe I'm sounding like this at rehearsal. And then I get to the show and it, it came out pretty good. It came out a lot better than I thought. So it's just kind of luck of the draw for me. Yeah. You know, I know, I know guys like Jason that he practices and he knows, you know, he knows about the throat and all that stuff. And I, I got don't, you I just, got you fooled. Oh, I just cross. <laughs> this is what I do. Yeah. I cross cross, my your, fingers. cross your fingers. Yeah. And, and yeah. if I realize in the first two, two songs that it's not going to happen the way I want it to, it's, it's punk rock time. Well, there's the old, yeah. right. There's the old <laughs> joke. Can you put rubber band around your balls or wear tight pants or both, right? <laughs> punk rock time. Yeah. I love it. It's punk rock time. So the punk, I, I, I've heard Mike use the punk. It's in, you know, man, I'm just going to punk. Sometimes you got to be a punk, you know? Yeah. Well, if, if it makes you feel any better, um, I, I've interviewed Rob Halford a few times in my, in my past life yeah. as a journalist. Mm-hmm. And I asked him the same question. He said his answer was just what yours was. He's like, I don't know. Somehow I've been blessed with it. I don't do anything special. I don't yeah. warm up. It's served me well. And mm-hmm. for some reason, I get out there every night and it just happens. It's so like the, some rumor, people- the, the rumor mill is the same for Ronnie James Dio. That he never mm-hmm. warmed up. He goes, he, I heard somebody ask him, so what do you do to warm up? And he says, well, if you have to warm up, you, ain't, you don't have anything you don't, you don't even have it. Yeah. You don't, yeah. You don't even yeah, yeah. have it. You know, I warm up. That doesn't, you, yeah. know, you can't talk if you can't, you know, I you guess can, it's, if I can talk, I can go on stage. You know? It just goes to show that it, it's different for everybody, but it's like uh, some people are blessed with, with certain tones and stuff, right. That, that just sound really good, even though they're not the best singer in the world. 
sometimes they just have great tones or something and it makes the song i feel that that's more important than being able to do party tricks and cartoon sounds which is what me and mike kind of do anyway yeah (laughs) you know i don't think i've ever told told people i'm a singer like i've always said i'm a front man Yeah, you can sing though. You you can sing. People don't know people don't know you as like sort of a melancholy singer, but you can sing. You can sing. Yeah, I, I have. So to. I I think that I think that, and I have some theories because, um, well, like you know, I'm 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 teaching all the time. I'm working yeah. with young singers all the time. So it's kind of like what's what's good for the goose, right? And right. I have to like take my own medicine when I tell yeah. a young person what they're what it is I feel like they might be doing wrong. Yeah. Um, and I make suggestions all of the time, but it's not any different than things that I feel like me and Mike tell ourselves anyway. Yeah. And we're talking not not making it to be about me. I'm I'm making it be about uh, the techniques involved. Yeah. yeah. Um. I feel like the bigger the mouth, the higher the note, and the easier mm-hmm. it is to hit. Yeah. So whenever you see Mike with his chops wide open, that makes that <laughs> note easier to hit when his dentures are on yeah. the floor. Yeah. <laughs> right? It makes Absolutely. that note come out. It's, it's, in, yeah. it's in key, and it's loud. So yeah. if you're trying to sing that high of a note that's in the stratosphere through your teeth, meaning your mouth is not r- r- wide open, you're going to yeah. be flat, meaning <clears throat> it's not going to be in key, right? And it's and it's going to sound like ass. It's not going to be there for you. And so you may have noticed, you may have noticed that I don't really use vibrato that much, right? On my, on my stuff. Maybe I should throw a little in there to, you know, to ride the, the that note and keep some, it from some people think away. that yeah. Some people think the vibrato <clears throat> can help you help you be in pitch a little, you know, a little yeah. better because you're kind of like bending the note and coming back right. in. That's not necessarily true vibrato, Uh, you know, uh like a guitar, when you, when you press a note and you pick the string and bend the string, you're bending it out of tune slightly and then letting it come back in. So it's like sharp and then back in tune and sharp and back in tune. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if, if a singer does that, you're out of tune, you're in tune, you're You're out of tune, you're in tune. It still creates some, the similar drama, true vibrato, like when you see classical instruments, they're shaking their hand. But oh, they're yeah. not bending the string in and right. out of key. They're shaking right. their hand. That is a true vibrato. My theory is this. You guys are going to think I'm some kind of metaphysical hippie <laughs> physics nerd or something. But it's the weight of the note upon itself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's the weight of the note. It's, it's the weight of the note upon itself. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like when you're changing the pressure, you know, when, when you're changing... You're not b- moving the string around. Right. You're, you're moving your hand. Yeah. I'm talking cello, violin, <laughs> whatever. They're not bending right. those strings. It's a different right. theory altogether. Yeah. True vibrato, even in a voice, works the same way. Oh. I can't teach anyone how to do that, but that's mm-hmm. the theory that I have. Wow. So it's just something. It, and, and I feel like being able to just do what you do, Mike, there is yeah. a lot of trial and error and you've yeah. already figured out w- how to get there and how to hold it. Dude, that's a, that's one thing. I can't believe that. I'll ask why. why. So Mike has always been able, and I kind of 
pisses me off sometimes, but <laughs> Mike has always been able to hit the high note and hold it for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and I can only hold it for, I don't know, five minutes or whatever. And I'm, and I'm totally kidding. I can't do shit for yeah, five yeah. minutes. It's down to, it's down to like, now mine is down to like five minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's impressive that you've been able to like, so, so my theory with that, and you can tell me what it feels like when you do that. My theory about that is, is, you know how you blow up a balloon? Yeah. But you don't tie the knot. Yeah. And you and you can let the air out slowly by by pulling right. apart the the uh, the place where you, the tie where the tie would be. Yeah. You're letting the air out slowly to make that that note happen, right? And if you let go, it just goes, and then right. the note's over. The show's over, right? Yeah. If you just let go, but if you just regulate that air, is that what that feels like? That's pretty much that pretty much nails nails it. <clears throat> That's pretty much what it feels like is to not waste all your breath on that note real quickly. You just gotta you know use it sparingly and time it out to how long you want to do it. Right. And do you <clears throat> feel like do you feel like it's very loud when you're doing that, or you're in control of that? Because I also have a theory that if you're just screaming and going for it. Right. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to yeah. blow your voice out. And that's just common sense, right? We all have. Yeah, yeah. But, but if you spare, if you're using all of your air sparingly, it's amazing <laughs> how many shows you can do the next day, the next day, the next day, and, and pretty yeah. much be fine. Sure, there's some fatigue, but you can still do the gigs yeah, yeah. one after the other if you're careful about how loud you are. And that's just consistently paying attention to how much air you're using when you push. Right. <clears throat> and then, you know, add, add, you know, trying to keep that, uh, like you said, the energy and the, and the, the air, and then you're up there head banging and moving and jumping around. It's like, you know, so you gotta be, you gotta use that sparingly too. That is you correct. Yeah. yeah. So it's, spend a little time talking about in the God's made war. It's your, it's your latest, uh, release. Um, yeah. it's, it's not necessarily new material, but it is a new version. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Web. Tell us about uh, that release, um, where people can buy it, what's on it. Uh, just kind of summarize it for us. Uh, well, the, uh, and the God's Made War is basically a, a a remixed, remastered version of Strength and Honor. There it is. Yeah, just just and I'm going to give Tell you. So, way. Strength and Honor. Was the, was the the same record what we call now the bastard son demo of that okay i, uh, I love where this has gone yeah. basically like on a dime so go yeah. back to strength and honor give us a year give us lineup tell us a story about right. what lineup change may have may or may not have happened mm -hmm. because of this right new militia and the the, the new and improved militia, I'll just say it. And what yeah. year was Strength and Honor being worked on? Strength and Honor, I think that was 2012. Okay. We had come back from from uh, from Germany, and then it took a little time for us to write all the songs, get them pieced together. Uh, of course, for me to write lyrics, you know. Uh, and then we got into the... I had a, a recorder. Tony had a recorder. We, it was total DIY, and uh, <clears throat> we recorded it 
at Jesse's garage and anywhere else we could at Mike Busher's house, you know, because we thought we knew what we were doing. So, so at, at it, it, not not real studio. It was just no, you know, no. it's it's a new world. You can record a record in your closet. Correct. Yeah. Uh, now, w with what skills we had of doing that, and that's you know iffy. But it came out. It came out. Uh, the recordings came out pretty good. Now the mixing. I know you know about this, Jason, because you. Like you know, you guys should get this done. And then... I, I, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, or I should say, I'm fine with you bringing it up. That I was, yeah, I was. I'll take the, I'll, I'll take the rocks that people might throw. But when you, when no. you played me "Strength and Honor" the first time, yeah, even raw tracks where you know, yeah, you turn things. I mean, I'm at your house and you're right. showing me, you know, you're pushing faders up and yeah, things like that when you had mixes it wasn't so much about me judging what was happening there no, no, while, yeah. while it's on the still on the recorder right. pre, pre not mixed uh when i heard mixes of it it was concerning to me that well this sounds this is not even a word demo-y right it sounded like a demo now yeah. on the side yeah. note I know people who worship. That's what they want. They want lo-fi. They want it to be all like raw and crazy right. sounding. Yeah. You know, they're going to listen to it on a cassette and listen to it on a crappy boombox, and they right. love that. Right. You know, and those black metal bands from the early '80s, Bathory. That dude recorded all his stuff. He he he's uh, give me. He goes into a store. Give me the crappiest microphone you have. Nope, right. that's too nice. And you recorded everything with that. Recorded the right. drums with that. Recorded the vocals with it. Recorded the bass with it, etc. Yeah. And it just sounds like it's just gnarl, right? Right, right. This was like sounded like you know, uh, you know, John Williams writing the score for Star Wars compared to Bathory. It was still demoy, right? Right, right. Absolutely. Okay, so I was bummed about that, and I was trying to make suggestions, and. You know, I, it was more of like, you know, I know you guys didn't have any money or anything. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, it was like, well, we'll see. We'll think about it. Da, 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 da. And I'm glad that what you're about to tell us about did happen a while later. So, yeah, strength and honor. You've, you've recorded this record on your own. Yeah. Did it come out? It, well, the word come out these days is more like, uh, you know, we we sold it at our shows. We, you know. Put it on the on the on the Facebook and people bought it here and there and stuff. So technically, it didn't come out, right? We was it like we, CDRs or was CD, it an official? No, no, it was official. It was an it was official. official. Strength and Honor is an official. I wonder if I have that. You you should. I think I gave you. I'm, I'm sure you did. But uh, yeah. So anyway, that is considered the bastard demo son of of what is of, now of and what got came before. of what came to be. So, right. so who is it? Is strength and honor, and this is important to our listeners. Mm -hmm. Strength and honor, is that the original lineup? That is the original lineup, except I'm playing the drums. Okay, that's what I was because, going for. Why? Well, at the time, Phil. Well, Phil is still living in Alabama. He's so Alabama get, man. He's Alabama man. You know, so uh, you know, getting him down here to record or learn the songs and stuff it was just going to be a nightmare right so i said you know what 
I wrote, I wrote the songs on the drums anyway. I mean, I was, I was the one drumming when we were practicing and doing it all. I said, that way it stays an original member, you know, band. Instead of going, let's find somebody new and teach him everything. No, just, we don't have time for that. So I did the drums. So it was just us and so original band. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure Phil was not knew that the militia name was not going to be tarnished by your drumming because you can fucking play drums. Yeah, well, that came out pretty good considering I, you know, I had been practicing all this time for a long time with militia, as a matter of fact, for the even even for most of the, the show that we played in Germany because Phil was in Alabama. So I was all this time. Yeah. Too, so. so you yeah, guys and, could write and rehearse. Right. The, the, anyway. Pre-production, right? Right. Yeah. So I had plenty of practice by then, by the time we got to record it. And so, you know, we, we released it and, you know, sold it at shows and blah, blah, blah. And people said, it, people said exactly what you said. It sounds raw and like from back in the day. And so, you know, we believed that was it. Okay, well, we're going to ride that, you know. And uh, I always knew, you know, that oh, I know this thing could have been mixed. We should have listened, you know, to Jason. <laughs> well, don't, in hindsight, don't, yeah, don't, don't thrash your you know no no regrets no no, no, no regrets no. no i think the songs were really good i think songs yeah. were good songs and it, in the back of my head always kind of reimagining what they might have sounded like if they'd have had the, the punch right which we now have on, yes right on, so, you know. so so yeah so what what is the difference between the previous uh version uh, you know obviously the production values are but yeah. is, is there a different lineup or are there are there bonus tracks is the cover art different take us from the previous release to yeah. where we are today and so so fans of yours know what to look for and what to expect well the, the, it's the same lineup okay. uh and the and the cover art is, is completely different uh, I did the original cover art, which is kind of, it came out pretty good, but, you know, I think when I suggested it to, to Bart, you know, I think we were both on the same kind of wavelength thinking about, you know, what, what if we do a new, a new cover and stuff? And we just kind of decided, you know what, why don't we just make this the official release? And uh, we'll, we'll call the Strength and Honor the demo of this and officially. Like, okay, so... Uh, they remixed it. I happened to, I happened to stumble upon all the tracks, all the individual tracks. I had all the CDs and yeah, stuff. All, all the stems. Right? Yeah. And because all he wanted to do was just remaster the, the actual strength and honor on its own. Right. Without any of the individual tracks. Which yeah. I which, w- which, which could have been a step up, but thank right. God you found all those stems. At- and I found them by accident a little oh. bit. And I said, I called, I said, you know, I have some good news and bad news. I said, I can't find any uncompressed versions of these songs, wave files, but I found all the individual tracks. And he's like, my idea. Blown. And this is Bart you're talking about? Bart, yeah. So Bart Gabriel is Bart like, Gabriel. A, Bart, Bart Gabriel is like a god. Yeah. And I, re- I ran into, he talked to me at the, 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 the thing we did in Germany. That's yeah. when he talked to me about it. Mark Gabriel is like, um, he's well known in the metal community in yeah. Europe and beyond. 
Uh, he's a promoter. He has record labels. He's a producer. He's a metal fan. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the greatest uh, assets that the metal community could have. Uh, yeah. I would love to have him on this show just to go tell us oh. your whole fucking story. You Dude, know, that'd be anyway, easy to do. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be easy also. He'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Set it up for me, Mike. So check this out. High Roller Records, that's him, right? Yeah. And Skull, yeah. I think Skull Records is Skull, that's Skull. his uh, one of his sub labels. Yeah. Right. Um, cover art by Roberto Tutorico. Yeah. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um, and produced and mastered by Bart, mixed by Cedric Forsberg at Studio 2 Beat 2020. Yeah. This thing sounds amazing. So night and day. The World fact of that you, difference. The fact that you found those. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, it's like I almost wish Metal Dave could have heard Strength and Honor so we can look at this and go, what the hell yeah. happened? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I, uh, Mike sent me the tracks for um, In the Gods Made War, and I was listening to that. And now you mentioned that you played drums on on the on the previous version so, uh, so let me let me jump in here and go dave nothing is different okay yeah. so it's that, so the same exact tracks so yeah. yeah so my point being that mike is playing drums again on yeah, nothing was re-recorded it was right. the, okay. it, it's the same record as sean weingartner were here he would go it's a tame tame yeah <laughs> right okay like, yeah. So, exact same thing but it's yeah. amazing what uh you 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 open these tracks up within the right programs right. yeah and you reamp the guitars and you reamp them the, the drum mics and you and you find some vocal treatments and some plugins yeah. for the vocals and and basically it's not any different than what if you got good signal you right. can make an almost worthless track of a vocal track or a bass right. track or what you can reamp that and uh, use some sound replacement application. Yeah. Make it sound like God. Yeah. All you need is good signal. So that's right. exactly, you needed the magicians. Right. To the make pros. this a modern. Yeah. That's, in hindsight, it's really awesome that you have strength and honor because. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it is what people would probably look for. Yeah when they think about a band from back then. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of a cool thing, even though even though I was like trying to get the money sound happening early on. Right, right. I'm actually in hindsight I'm actually really happy that that's actually a thing. And I think some of those tracks you can hear them on like YouTube. Oh yeah, I think there's you can. one or two. It, it's on, Strength and Honor tracks are on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. It was really funny, you know, thinking about it now, you know, kind of like, a, well, you know, I've got these nice, you know, Rocket 8 KRKs, so it sounds good coming out of here. What's the problem? You know, <laughs> and then and then later on going, OK, I did, yeah. you know, leave, let's leave this to the pros from now on. Yeah. You know? So you so you've got this. uh so you've got this new album and obviously, you know, COVID and the lack of touring and the lack of venues and that sort of thing. Right. But um, are you and the band ready to go if things open up and you get a chance to get out there and promote this? As a matter of fact, I think we're going to, we have set up a rehearsal for the 
28th of this month and kind of dust off the cobwebs and, you know, kind of regroup and, you know, look at each other and go, what's the deal? What are we going to, you know, what are we going to do? So we lost, we lost Jesse a while back. Yeah. Um, 16, I believe. Yeah. And then, uh, it was, it was basically health issues. He was not very healthy. Yeah. And, uh, he, he passed suddenly. Yeah. He was at his mom's house and they were talking and he, he literally said, um, do you, do you see the, do you see the light? And he just fell wow. like that. The, the wow. guitar work on that record is, I mean, it's one of the highlights for me. It's, it, I mean, it, it, your voice obviously is cutting through everything because of your singing style, but uh, the guitar playing really grabbed my attention uh, yeah. in listening to that. Uh, it's a shame he's no longer with us. Yeah. I feel um, like, I feel like, and I'm sorry, Dave, if I cut you off, but here's the deal. I've always thought this, and no disrespect to to Philip Patterson. I love Philip Patterson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an ace guitar player. Yeah. But you guys were also doing something different at that time, so I it wasn't a place for me to be butthurt. It was more like, oh well, the material's different, so it's fitting. Yeah. Right. But the thrash militia that everyone fell in love with in the earliest moments of of the band. Yeah. It's Jesse's riffs. Oh yeah. And without Jesse's riffs, I always thought, you know, that painter to go to get down 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 to get Different style, different style but is so fast and fluid <laughs> and yeah. can write can write the same kind of riff but it has a different feel to it yeah he's a little this is not the right word but it's like jazzier or more progressive yeah, yeah. yeah. Than, than jesse yeah and the the marriage of those two working together to, when 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 making the when making militia Right, I feel like is what created those early, like, angry, you know, bloody war themed speed metal songs. Right, right. Yeah, they are. Well, they are apples and oranges. Those yeah, two so guys. This is, so all of that and more is happening on, and the gods made war. Yeah, yeah. That rhymes, by the way. Yeah, I particularly <laughs> like a lot of the leads that Jesse did on there. They just yeah. come out of nowhere. You know, sometimes he would be. Like when we were writing something, he'd be like, hey, what do you think of this? And he'd be, you know, some arpeggio. And we're like, yeah, well, that's cool. But I think we have a lot of songs that have that. And he'd kind of be like, oh, yeah, okay. And then he'd start just playing something. I'm like, that right there, what is that? You know, I guess when he's not really concentrating on writing something, he comes up with something that's just really good. And I'm like, well, that's the magic. That's the magic. Exactly. But he needed, you know, he needed you guys to, to, uh, to tell him that. Yeah. Exactly. You know, the conf- the confidence, things that he might have felt confident about, right? Or may not have had the the that that thing that you need. Yeah. It's going those, to, it's those, going to be it's going to be what what is going to be the the one that you know. 
accidents that happen that, that are, you know, like, that's, that's the, that's the one right there, that riff right there, you know, so right. Yeah. He really, he really shines on it, and and as do you. And uh, I think militia fans are going to dig it. And even people who aren't familiar with militia, if this is your first taste of militia, and you're into all that, you know, mid '80s, uh, early the early the the early thrash metal bands, then there's something here for you. You're going to dig in the God's Made War. It's a it's a great release. What's um. So who my I was getting to something a little while ago. Okay. So you have Tony. Yeah. And you have you don't have Rob Willingham anymore. No. Rob has uh, decided to step away and and kind of uh take care of his business. Okay. And uh so you know, of course we respect I that. I really feel like that Willingham as well as Jesse really helped keep the sound of the band together yeah you know what's really what's really cool is rob when he first started playing bass he didn't even know how to play bass he had no right. idea he never didn't played know how to show. tune it or anything Nothing. he had to learn like overnight but I, yeah. I remember those days and he stuck to it and and man, he became a really good bass player man and he's real he's real proficient and stuff and he practices a lot and he's really good yeah, yeah. Like amazing. No one would know yeah. that his first and only band he's ever been in was Militia. Militia. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> right? Exactly. From it's like uh it's like you don't even know how to walk and the next day you're running a yeah. hundred miles an hour. Yeah. It's exactly like that. There's there was no foreplay whatsoever. Right. 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 Exactly. So Rob Rob has been replaced by by Mr. Scott Womack. Ah, you all know mm -hmm, Juggernaut yeah. back in the day in San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we asked him to join, and of course he was very happy to do so. And uh, and of course he was he was a, a, an easy choice because uh, he was doing the Texas uh, South Texas Legion with with Jason and I, and he learned militia tunes and carrier mm -hmm. tunes and watchtower tunes and SS he already Slayer knows tunes. half. He already knows half your material. There you go. You guys only have like five songs, right? Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so we were like, well, let's ask Scott. You know, he, he already knows two songs, you know? Yeah. And so he was like, yeah, man, let, I'm, I'm ready. Let's do it. And then, of course, the COVID thing hit and yeah. knocked everything to the wayside. And, you know, but so we're, 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 we're ready to get back together as a band you know okay, let's let's know. round let's round out the lineup so you've got two you've got it down to two original members with you and tony correct yes, tony, yes. You've got scott walmack from juggernaut fame who yeah. could if we had him on the show we could just talk about scott isms for an hour right, because right. uh he eventually worked for uh sony, sony music and when yeah. Uh, the toys when dangerous toys took off he was like my rep <laughs> I'm like oh my god what the hell are you do he worked oh, our record and he worked our record in the texas markets nice it's, it was so weird you know juggernaut yeah. watchtower shows all through the out the 80s and it's the end of yeah. the 80s and i'm like what the hell you're my what this, this is like this is yeah. surreal so um, you know he was really gonna you know 
do do the thing for you. Oh, like, well, and he did, and it was a blast. And so, yeah. you know, your record release party, and there's all these people, and it's pushed by the record stores and the and the right. label and the and the and he's like right there with you the whole time this is weird huh this is weird <laughs> i'm like yeah dude this is weird yeah yeah so uh so scott womack which is awesome i love scott to death right um and and then and then who else do you have we have chip alexander playing drums and we found chip uh when we went to go see carrion's uh uh reunion they had gotten Chip to play drums, and I, I don't think I knew of Chip before that. So Carrion, a lot for our listeners, is another band from back in the day that was had yeah for San Antonio, sort of a little bit progressive uh, yeah. heavy metal band that it had ex SA Slayer members in it. One yeah. by uh, one uh, Art Villarreal, which you also have in Militia oh, now. Second guitarist in Militia, yeah. Exactly. Wow. We we just try and keep it. We 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 can't seem to go outside of the the square box of well, finding brand new people. You can't well, leave. I mean, you can't leave once you go nineteen eighty four. You always you stay nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Well, you know, with 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 talent like that, why look elsewhere? I mean, that's a solid exactly. lineup right there. You already you already know where you know where your where your next move is. Well, sure. and you know what I like, and I I really love this no audition yeah <laughs> there's no there's no need there's to no audition need. you already know yeah. it's name recognition exactly. you guys are all y'all you're from the same scene grew up together cross paths a million times it sounds right. like a natural right. fit so. so yeah so so chip he was an evil mothers is that right mm, i think so he was an evil mothers he was in a, there was another band um uh, uh, hog bitch i think or something a, a group called hog bitch mm. Singer. I think you I think it's I think it's something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. It, it was that. That sounds vaguely. Anyway, give me a cool, t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Well, the cool yeah. thing is is that you you know, a thousand years later, we you saw have this house. as yeah. close as it can be mm -hmm. to the original guys. Right. Yeah. In a time where it's probably really hard to just well, you know, we're all older now, so it's yeah, it's hard to find a reason why to go and create new metal or yeah, you know, it's <clears throat> it's it's a weird head spin of a chore, right? Yeah. But you do yeah. it because you know it's in there, and you know you're gonna wake up and love it as soon as you get there. Yeah, well, I know I've I've written a I've written a, a couple of songs and had some 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 stuff lying around that I pitched to them, and I'm hoping they'll take those and turn them into what only two guitarists can do. Well, you and know? I I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of like spill the beans that you've also written some guitar riffs. I know you don't play guitar, and yeah, you're, yeah, you're you you do a lot of stuff, uh, you know, on on keyboard. keyboard. Yeah. Because it just seems to be you, you just find that an easier way to write. But you've written some guitar riffs on keyboard through a like yeah. a patch that doesn't sound too terrible. Right, like exactly. That. It's it's the only it's the only way I can do guitar stuff if I come up with something. I can't, you know, call Tony, hey, come on over and play this, and then explain to him, you know, six or seven times, you know, what to do on a guitar. Instead, I'll just do it here. And then you turn it into. You know. I think there there's a lot of singers that 
that write riffs that exact same way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have to use on a piano or a, you know, on, yeah. on a, some kind of keyboard patch. Yeah, so. absolutely. That's so, exciting, yeah. man. That's exciting. So, um, what is in uh, your your you're rehearsing are you rehearsing for anything in particular well we we might be having a show possibly on the 18th of december hmm. you know? <laughs> with with whom you guys look like you're about to let us let us in on a secret there might be a little secret going on well, so y years ago well, i should turn on the echo plex yeah years ago Years ago. Yeah. Are we about to get? Are we going to get an exclusive here? Well, this is this is possible. It's it's not in stone, but yeah. uh, I don't know if if you, Dave, if you remember Iron Fist Fest. That's a I, festival, basically, it, it, without calling it Igniter Fest. Okay. It's a festival that Igniter has been sort of the the uh the Main behind attraction. the scenes uh you know uh, uh instigator okay and last year we had no it wasn't last year because of covid and all that but it's been a couple of years ago yeah. two maybe three years ago we uh, our headliner was hellstar um we had two stages tons of bands super fun such a great time mike you were there right I don't know if I was. Yeah, I was there. You yeah, were there. there. You yeah, were yeah. there because That's remember right. we were running around watching bands together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, right. that was like old times, man. Yeah, yeah. And this will be similar. Uh, I don't want to say the venue because you know that's a ways away and it, it could change. Subject Hopefully not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got an indoor stage and an outdoor stage, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Um. <clears throat> And we're hoping, Igniter is hoping, that Militia will be our headliner. So something to really look forward to, a legendary, from Austin, Texas, uh, thrash metal band with a couple of uh, OGs in it. Yeah. Could be our headliner for Fist Fest, Iron Fist Fest 5. <laughs> <laughs> well so far you know so far it looks like a go i've talked to the guys and stuff and they're they're pretty fired up and so it also gives us a uh, a a goal to work towards and stuff. yeah and it's only a small goal you you, you don't have to yeah. play like three hours you know yeah. <laughs> right. play 45 minutes and everyone will be happy with that there's going right. to be like 10 bands on the damn thing right so december 18th is the date uh people will hear more about it and this this yeah. episode will be hopefully not forgotten about by then because it's months <laughs> away but yeah, right. yeah write it down right we'll keep, remi we'll keep reminding people and stuff you know, yeah sure. militia december 18th so they know what to google right right exactly. yeah yeah so yeah. awesome dave did you have anything else for mike mike did you have anything to add uh, I can't think of anything more militia related. Um, what about what about um, you know some of the other things that that you I do were doing? What did you do in the nineties? Because there was no militia in the nineties. Yeah, in the nineties, I think I was involved with. I think I I had initially joined a group called Tons of Often, and they were say more that again. Tons of Often. Tons of Often. 
German yeah. word? What is that? Yeah. Okay. It's like it's uh, uh, Tanz. I think is dance. Okay. Often is like force. So it's dance oh, force. I like uh, it. Anyway, uh, you know, even even back in the day when I was in militia and assailant and and, and all that stuff, I forgot we forgot to talk about assailant anyway. Yeah, we can uh, talk about assailant real quick. Tell us about but, Tanz uh, often. But uh, they were uh, a duo, uh, husband and wife, and they were electronic music, right? And it was kind of, kind of uh, around the time when, it, like, it was the '90s. So it was kind of in the whole Depeche Mode, Front Two Four Two, kind of oh, somewhat industrial yeah. stuff, but not a lot heavy. Of, a lot of a lot of the metalheads, myself mm-hmm. included, were doing mm-hmm. an industrial yeah. type of metal. Yeah, and uh, so they wanted a drummer and and phil patterson knew them because he worked with them he goes hey i know this guy mike who plays drums you know and they're like okay let's let's see what he's got and i went over there and played with them and stuff and they were like you're in you know so i was in them in, in right. their band for a year or two and then they joined forces with another group that was friends of theirs called mark of cain oh and they were they were more uh heavy uh, dark industrial kind of kind of music, and we just bonded and formed a group called Voodoo Dolly. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. we were on that Dave Pruitt's. Sense. We were on Dave Pruitt's show a couple of times, mm-hmm. and um, so that's pretty much what I did in the '90s. I also started listening to a lot of hip hop. I started getting into that and stuff, and you know, I started getting into technology and stuff, and I, so I started making beats basically for, for people who ever wanted them. And I ran into a couple of people from San Antonio and I made beats for them and some people beats here in Austin. And, and I was just kind of basically cutting my teeth on learning electronic music and stuff because I liked electronic music. I, I, I loved it. Even though I was, even when I was in militia, I still liked, you know, I mean, I used to wear a Duran Duran shirt at some shows. Of course. You know, and uh, a lot of metalheads like Duran Duran. Yeah, I mean, yeah. good songwriting is good songwriting, man. John Taylor is an incredible bass player. There's a know. lot going on in Duran. Yeah. Duran. So anyway, um, I kind of went to, into that area throughout the '90s and stuff, and kind of left metal alone because I didn't like really what was coming out in the '90s. To be honest, in the metal stuff. If I wanted to listen to metal, I'd just reach in my my little catalog and pull out merciful fate or trouble yes layer yes yes i I didn't i couldn't do what i like to call organic metal you know from the Mm -hmm. 90s stuff yeah Um, it just it just didn't hit me the same so right i tried but just didn't hit let let me bring up something that a lot of people don't know there was a a group out of state uh uh you know what I'm talking about? Tell Obliv- us about Oblivion when- Night. Oblivion Night. Yeah. Tell us when, what, what year was that, and what did you end up doing, and how did they hear about you? I think I got. I can't remember the guy's name. But one of those, I think I remember one of the guys' name was Steve. I can't remember the last name. They got a hold sorry, of me. Sorry, Steve. To, yeah, sorry, Steve. In Alabama, from Alabama, these two guys. Another Alabama man. Yeah. They this were, is but this is before Phil even knew he was going to yes. be in Alabama. Wow. Yeah, this is before that. As a matter of fact, on, he was, you're honorary member of Alabama. As a matter of fact, he ran into those guys at a club down there. What? Yeah, 
<laughs> they say, hey, aren't you, weren't you the drummer for Militia? He's like, yeah. And it's my Crazy. <laughs> yeah. What was the stuff like, and is it available? The stuff was like very, you know, sword in hand, more sword in hand stuff. Mm. You know, goblet in the other, filled with you know, a skull goblet, filled with yes. blood or wine or, or mixture of the two. Yes. Uh, you know, very epic, epic metal, I think is what yeah. it's called. Okay. Excalibur. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. And so I think I wouldn't know get, anything about that. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they, they contacted me. I think they gave me a call and said, hey, we're doing this demo stuff. And we got uh, Kenny from Cyrus playing drums, you know. Oh, right. So I was, they're like, do you want to do it? And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, yeah. I can't remember the year, 89, maybe. How something. did you record the vocals for that? We went to San Antonio. They they flew, they came down when I went oh. to San Antonio, and we went into a studio over there. I can't remember the name of the studio. Okay. But I, I did that stuff and, you know, called it Oblivion Night. I was signing Oblivion Night stuff in Germany when I went the first time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like, because somebody ended up... Somebody ended up pressing vinyl of that, but there was also, I think they also did a project with some other singers okay. as well. So that was and on they, there too. I think they put okay. that on there. Yeah. So, so. That was smart. So man, yeah. the, un the underground is really special like that. Dude, you know, I'm it was kind of like strangers in the night that you, that you just from a friend, Kenny from Cyrus drummer yeah. from Cyrus just yeah. goes, well, I know Mike from Militia. He can do this stuff yeah. blindfolded, just da-da-da-da-da. And it's a project, and it's a thing, and mm -hmm. metalheads unite, and something so yeah. long ago, and, you know, years and year, decade later, <clears throat> or yeah, longer, think, two decades I, later. I think they heard, I think they actually heard of Militia somehow. And uh, because of, Kenny probably would have said, well, let's just get Mike Vasquez, you know. Oh, Mike, yeah, you would you think. Know, but I think they wanted me specifically, you know, okay. probably because of the, the super duper highs or whatever it is that I do. And, yeah, I, uh, you could add, say, super <laughs> duper 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 high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, I was like, yeah, okay. Okay. And, uh, so, so we there's, did that. There's, there, that's really, really cool um, that you kind of got to do projects outside of Militia. Yeah. And um, just by word of mouth kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now... Tell us about Assailant and the story behind Assailant, because a lot right. of militia fans they know about Assailant, and they have right. either the demo or, yeah. or, or you know, at least are able to you know listen to it on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Tell us about Assailant and how what had happened to militia that made you available for that, and uh, time span a little bit. The story goes back to right about when. I was realizing I didn't want to do the no submission songs because I was just ah. kind of like, you know, guys, I don't, man, I think we, I think we kind of made a mistake basically kind of going, I think we should, we should keep going with the, and, and 86 ish, 86 probably. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Like right around the time you finished doing their demo for assailant. Right. So fresh. that, that to add to that backstory, Right. Um, it was kind of when Jesse contacted me about what became Militia, and I threw yeah. you into the fire. <clears throat> it worked, obviously yeah. worked fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
these guys, JB Slimp and um, Louis Beltran, Louis Beltran and, and Mike Pateo and Darren Keeling had been writing some heavy metal songs right. and, and didn't have a singer. Right. And they contacted me and I heard the songs and I loved it and wrote lyrics and went into the studio, Cedar Creek, where Watchtower yeah. Energetic Disassembly was recorded, among many other cool right. Texas yeah. records. Mm-hmm. Um, and cut the. Oh, and I invited. That's, this is it. I invited you to come in and cut some harmonies. Yeah. And you want to finish the story from there? Well, you know, I think, uh, of course, I listened to Assailant and thought, man, this is incredible stuff, man. This this shit was good, man. It was amazing. I was like, man, these guys are really good. So, but I wasn't going. You know what? You know what what was different than like Watchtower and Militia? It Mm -hmm. wasn't thrash. It was power metal. Power metal, exactly. It was early power metal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I, when I, heard all that stuff out. I wasn't thinking, maybe I should join a sailor. I was not at all. That didn't occur to me at all. It just so happened that maybe between that time and uh, my dissatisfaction with the no submission stuff, I kind of just told the guys, you know, man, I don't want to do this stuff. I don't want to do this. And they were like, no, man, we're going to do this. You know, we, we're, you know, we, we're going to do this, you know, it was mainly uh, Rob and Phil that were really adamant about it. And, okay. and I just kind of said, I don't want to do this. <laughs> you know, they, uh, I think I talked to them on the phone. I was on the phone with them. And, and that day they were on the way to San Antonio to go hang out with King Diamond at Liliana Martinez's house. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so I'm kind of pissed that they didn't invite me, but so you know, right, right? So that, that's for sure. That's '86. Yeah, that's '86. Yeah, and I was like, you know, I don't want to do this, and they're like, well, we're we're gonna do it, you know, and I'm like, no, we're not. I quit. What? No. Wow. Hung up the phone, picked up the phone, called Louis Beltran because I had heard they were looking for a singer from from assailant. From assailant, uh-huh. I, said, I heard they were looking for a singer. I called him up and I said, "Hey, Louie, what's going on? Hey, what's going on?" I said, "Hey, man, I think I may have found a singer for you." They're like, "Who?" And I said, "Me." Right. And he's you know, he's silent for a while, and I'm like, "So when do I try out? You know, when do you want me to try out?" He's like, "You're in. You're not trying out." Anymore. There's no there's no audition. <laughs> there's no audition. It's a, the same bro down, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I was in in one band and out of the other one in like three minutes. Yeah, and that's how that got started. Yeah, so you yeah. went into Cedar Creek. Yeah, and this sounds this. I'm I'm going to be dramatic for effect. No, that's fine. You recorded over my vocal tracks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never to be heard again. Well, well, no, you, they're floating around out yeah, there. Yeah, they're people, still around. People can hear both versions. Right? Yeah, they can hear. Yeah. They can hear Jason singing the lead and Mike singing all the harmonies on yeah. three or four songs. Yeah. And then there's a version where you still hear Mike singing the harmonies, <laughs> but you see hear Mike doing the lead vocal too. Doing the lead vocal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I and joined you, the you had, to, you had to sing my lyrics though. Yeah, exactly. You know, there I go, well, not writing lyrics for anything okay. again, you know. <laughs> and, you know. you know, singing other people's lyrics are not as bad as 
No, it's it's great. It works out super. I mean, I ended up writing a lot of uh, maybe three or four, five more songs for Assailant. You know, so I wrote lyrics for that stuff, too. Tell us about the infamous uh, Bumblebee costume. That was me. Very if you don't creative. mind. No, no, I'm just going to okay. get it out there. Awesome. And get it out, I love it. Yeah. Get it out of the way. Hey, hey, Dave, Metal Dave, do you know about the what we're talking about? The Bumblebee costume? Know. If you yeah. saw a certain set of photographs taken at the Ritz Theater in Austin, yeah. Texas at an assailant show, yeah. were you guys opening for someone? Impaler? Impaler. Wow. Yeah. yeah. At the Ritz. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, so I was getting very creative at that point the guys in kiss started somewhere yeah yeah and, uh, and uh, so i started getting all this tubings black tubing stuff going here and they're trying to look very very rage for order mm-hmm. poor man's rage for order mm-hmm. you know <laughs> or, or remember this band rogue male yeah so rogue i had these, these 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 shoulder things going out, the kind of Ace Fraley like, mm-hmm. but it was like the the what is that uh, stuff you put on the walls for sound? Uh, no, it was stuff. mattress topper. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> which we also use for for that. Yeah, sound for soundproof. Uh, so I had that going on, and you know, and looking back, of course, it's very laughable. I mentioned that actually today to Joe Gregory. Oh, that! Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) Joe Joe Gregory. Hi, Joe Gregory. He's the singer for Texas Texas metal band Valkyrie from San Antonio. And uh, so, yeah, that's the the infamous Bumblebee uh, uh, costume, and it's on video. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Well, the songs were great. Um, I, I I I feel like. You know, we could actually talk for a thousand years about the escapades Mm -hmm. um, of Mike and Jason. Yeah, uh, because that's that's a whole nother. You are my oh, my God. It's things we can talk about and things we cannot. The uh, the bro, the 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 family that we are. Absolutely. um, People. People, they either know or they don't or they have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, how close you and I actually are. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, on that note, I feel like we've really covered a lot of awesome things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I, it, it, mm-hmm. So, and the Gods Made War, Militia's yeah. new and improved uh, record on, on red vinyl yeah. is available, isn't it? I think we have one on, I think we have splatter vinyl as well. And. Yeah. Black vinyl, yeah. Where do people find it, Mike? Uh, right now, uh, at I have some, but I think you can find them on this the Skull Skull Records uh, website. S K O L S K O L Skull Records. Probably find it on, and it's on CD form as well. And it there's all they also release the Second Coming CD, which is awesome another compilation of all the old stuff. And I think there's some practices on there and, you know, various things that was so, so onslaught, a re-recorded version of onslaught is on this record. Yeah. This is a must have for yeah. collectors. That's of an Texas oldie. That's metal. an old, that's an old song. That's one of the original songs. That's from 85. Yeah. And it came out really good. It came out. The, I, I'm particularly fond of the, 
the the drums, even though I played them, it sounds like one of those crank machine guns from World War One. Like a Gatling gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds just like that. Yeah. So I'm seeing a website on here. Uh, yeah. For High Roller Records, it's www.hrrecords.de. It's oh, a German site. There's probably an yeah. order form uh, yeah. there as well. Um, I'm pulling out the sheet of like one million bands that yeah. you can buy on HR Records. Um, I know they'll be able to find it. Militia yeah, and yeah. God's yeah. Made War. Yeah, yeah well. I'm, I'm very happy with how that came out. I mean, it's, you know, uh, of course I would, would listen to Strength and Honor, but after a while I was like, this is almost unlistenable to me. You know, the songs, it's too bad because the songs are really good. And then we had the chance to do what we did, and now it's very listenable. Yeah. Uh, nice. song, tr track listing on here, and then uh, I, I'll let uh, Metal Dave take us out. Uh Militia and the Gods Made War, A Call to Arms, Furious, The Judas Dream, Before the Fall, Doomed, and the title track, and the God, Gods Made War, Onslaught, which, like we said, is an oldie but a goodie redone. Yeah. I think that that makes it even more special, actually. Um, Injustice, The Black Marauders, Unveil the Faith, and We Need a New Enemy. Mike, it's been awesome. Yes, thank you for having me. This is yeah, Mike. great. Yeah. Yeah, the new album sounds fantastic. I'm glad you had a chance to uh, do it some justice and bring it up to the standards you've always envisioned it having. It yeah, me great. too. And I got, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you a copy of that, by the way. Thank so, you. Dave. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm loving what I'm hearing digitally, but I'm a big fan of vinyl. Vinyl, so. <laughs> exactly. Like, I got to give Dave a vinyl. There's no way around that. You know, I'm going to give it to him. Well, thank you, Mike. And I and I do hope you guys are able to get out and do some shows. It'd be great to see you live, yeah. especially with Scott and the band. And uh, right, it's a, it's know. a whole new. It'll be a whole new uh, energy, I think, up there. So, and, so uh, I'm just going to geek out here. Realize yeah. you have the bass player from Juggernaut and the guitar player from S.A. Slayer and yeah. Carrion in yeah. Militia. It's like yeah. a freaking super group now. Yeah. yeah, two original <laughs> members, and then and then half of what could be some of the greatest Texas metal ever. Yeah, and, you know, and Chip is no slouch, of course. He yeah, yeah. His uh, his when when you do know his pedigree, he's kind of a a man behind the scenes anyway. Amazing yeah, yeah. drummer. Uh, yeah, any style. Uh, yeah. mind blowing drummer anyway. So when we saw him with Carrie, and we were like, man, this guy's awesome. You know. Yeah. And then, you know, later on go, what if, what if that guy was playing for militia, you know? Powerhouse. <laughs> yeah. A legend in Texas metal history, folks, Mike Solis of Militia. Um, on behalf of my co-host, Jason McMaster, I'm Metal Dave, thanking our special guest, Mike Solis, and thanking you for listening to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast. Thanks. 